0: Welcome to Attune and Align, the podcast. I'm your host, Marissa Lavalette, and I'm the founder of Attune and Align, a community for women who attune to the calling of their heart and take action to align their lives accordingly. Thank you so much for joining us today, and I'm so glad you're here. On Attune and Align podcast, we showcase the stories of real women who say yes to their dreams and do whatever it takes to manifest the outcomes they want to see in their lives. We hope you'll leave today's episode feeling inspired, energized, and excited to take your very own first step on your personal journey towards living a fulfilling life on your own terms. Today, I have the pleasure of introducing you to my friend, Sarah Liller. Sarah is a multi-passionate entrepreneur, After leaving a PhD program in science, she went on to start three businesses, a clothing line, Sarah Liller, San Francisco, a wedding gown alterations business, Taylor Soan, and her newest effort, Goddess North, a line of candles intended for women to invoke their inner goddess. Sarah also uses Goddess North as a platform to share her spiritual journey. She explores tarot, human design, manifestation, and anything that she comes across that can help inspire her audience to embrace their divine feminine and heal. Sarah lives in San Rafael, California with her husband and cat. Thank you, Sarah, so much for coming on to the podcast today.
1: Thanks, Marissa. Thanks for having me.
0: I've been looking forward to our conversation. Mm -hmm. You were definitely someone that I wanted to talk to as we close the year and look ahead to the new year. And when we start closing the year and looking ahead to the new year, we start thinking about goal setting and manifestation and what do we want to bring to life. So I'm really excited to dive into that with you. But I want everybody listening to be able to hear about your personal and professional journey that led to the birth of Goddess North. So can you catch us up on sort of all the events that lead to this conversation?
1: Yeah, so I've had a winding path of interests and things that I have been working on. I think growing up, neither one of my parents went to college. And I think when you grow up middle class and that's your situation, you have two paths that will lead you to making a good living and that's becoming a doctor or a lawyer. So first of all, it was really emphasized, you have to value money. And second of all, it was emphasized, well, these are the only two ways to do that. So I always had this idea, I'm going to go to college and I'm going to go to medical school and I'm going to be this badass doctor. And I got to college and volunteered at this hospital. And I was like, no, I don't want to do this. This is not me. And so I got into science and I went to graduate school. I was working on a PhD. And I remember there was this one night where I was in the lab and it was like one in the morning and I'm still working and I get home and I'm sitting on my couch and I just started like crying because it was just like such an overwhelming feeling in my gut telling me like, no, 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 like this is not for you. And so all my life i had been very creative, both right-brained and left-brained, but definitely right-brained. And so I was like, you know what? This is my only chance. I have to do what I want to do. So I applied to fashion school in New York and got accepted and was like, "Okay, I'm just going to go." <laughs> so I went to New York and and spent a year there. I went to Parsons and I got this like amazing fashion degree. Had this amazing time there. Came back out to the West Coast, started a clothing line. It was like the dream. I was living the dream. Like I had a line. I was going to New York. I was selling it at the trade shows. Like I was in 30 boutiques across the US. And then COVID happened. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: it just like took the bottom out of my business. And I still love it. And I luckily have been able to push through with it. But at the same time, it allowed me the time and the space to do a lot of soul searching. And all my life, I've been spiritual. It's so funny because my business, I feel like was the gateway to me, like really going all in on my spirituality. Because I got into manifestation because of my business. Backing up a little bit more. So I learned how to read tarot when I was a teenager. Like my first tarot card reading was when I was 13. And I always thought that this was normal until I started talking to people about it. And they're like, wow, that's really weird. (laughs) So I was like, just really into spirituality. I went to psychics all my life. I've always studied astrology. This has just been like, part of me such a huge part of me and it never felt like something that I could talk to people about and I think what's interesting is I came across a podcast probably in like 2018 called mind your business and it was all about how to meld business and spirituality and I listened to every episode I was like this is totally awesome I got into Abraham Hicks as the years have progressed the level of woo has just kept going up and up and up And so for me, it's like spirituality is like my lifeblood. It's my breath. It's like healed me over the past few years. It's helped me deal with a lot of issues of self-sabotage and imposter syndrome and also dealing with family expectations and, you know, all of the crap that we, especially as female entrepreneurs have to deal with, like spirituality has helped me with that. And so now I'm like, well gosh, this has made me into the person I am today, this spiritual journey, and I really want to share that with other people and other women. So, for me developing this new business Goddess North, it's my kind of outlet to explore my spirituality further and share it with others because I love sharing. And also, I've been able to develop these candles which are inspired by this divine feminine goddess energy that I think that we all possess, every single person, men and women. And I think when we tap into that, is is what's gonna heal us as humanity.
0: Oh my goodness, Sarah, I gave (laughs) you a nearly impossible question, right? Isn't that great when you start talking to someone and they're just like, just catch us up real quick. Just tell us everything about your whole life leading up to this particular conversation. Yeah. I really appreciate that. One of the things that came up that you mentioned, and I try to ask everyone who comes on my podcast, but you touched on it right away. I always ask women, what was your aha moment and sometimes women don't have one they say like oh it was an accumulation of sensations and gut feelings over a period of time but thank you for sharing about that night that you came home late from the lab and your gut was just telling you that that wasn't for you and i don't know for anyone else who was listening i got chills and my eyes welled up a little bit when you said that and you just reminded me you know even though the circumstances were different It reminded me of a time in my life where I kept showing up for something, either because of a sense of duty or responsibility, but I knew it wasn't quite right for me. And I'm just imagining that there are other people listening as well who can relate to that experience. Thank you for sharing. Something that came up, and this wasn't even on my list of questions to ask you, in your story, it seems like, and tell me if I'm assessing this correctly, that you had... Either divided the hemispheres of your brain or you had compartmentalized, like, okay, so during the day, nine to five, like Sarah has to do her business. And then there was like this separate part of your life where you could do tarot and all that.
1: For me, a big part of my coping strategy throughout my entire life has been to tap into a more what you would describe as masculine energy. Yep. So to me, it's like hustle, achieve get good grades you know when you're in school yeah. go to a good college and i wouldn't tap into those feelings of receiving and vulnerability unless i was alone and even then it would terrify me at times yeah and i think that this journey back to my more feminine energy is something that i've been working on for a long time and it's been brought to my attention at one point that i was like you know leaning into this masculine energy is a crutch It's a way for you to not tap into these like deep rooted emotions that are terrifying you. Every person's journey, it's taking you to exactly where you're supposed to go. And for me, like even if all these other businesses fail, I learned how to do this stuff. I learned how to do the bookkeeping and the marketing and all of that, you know, left brain stuff. You have to just trust that even if what you're working on right now doesn't work out, like the ultimate path, of success, whatever you define that as, you are on that path. Yeah. One of the mantras that helped me kind of get through this is from Abraham Hicks. And mm-hmm. they say, everything is always working out for me. So that's what I just tell myself. I know everything is always working out for me. And I think now like I'm 35, I have evidence of this at this point in my life, which is so great. I mean, I wish that I could have just had that in my 20s. Yep. But now it's like, you know, it does always work out. It's like every decision, everything that didn't go to my way at the time, it was working out for me because I probably would have been miserable in that
0: situation. I agree. I had a similar experience in my earlier 20s where I was like, okay, there are no data points yet because I haven't been alive that long. So I just have to put one foot after the other. Yeah, I'm turning 35 this month. So it's like still very much a baby, but there is enough data now (laughs) that I can look at a few things and be like, yeah, it, it was good that things all worked out the way they did, yeah. Yeah. So I'd love to hear your take on that whole idea of New Year's resolutions. What do you think about New Year's (laughs) resolutions as a thing, as a concept? What can you advise?
1: I think that any form of self-evaluation or goal setting is good. With that being said, the word resolution always has bothered me because I would prefer it to be New Year's decisions. Yeah. You're making a decision. You're not you're not setting yourself up to maybe do this thing. You're deciding that this is what you want to do. And I think that that's kind of the the real meat and potatoes of manifestation is that you have to make this decision that this is Mm. how you're going to be. You have to act as if you're already the person who has that thing. Yeah. And that's what's so key. Like, visualization and all that stuff is great. And it's so important, but that is what will make it happen is to act as if you're the person that already has that. So whether you need to give her a name or like write out what her day is like, even that is really important to see yourself in that position. And so that's a great exercise to do for your new year's decisions yeah. and to think about like Sarah by December 31st, 2021, what is she going to look like? What is she going to be proud of? And how what mm-hmm. does she have to do to get to that point? And how can I live that way today?
0: I love that. That's really helpful. You've mentioned some really great resources like Abraham Hicks and the what was that podcast called? Mind Your Business. Mind Your Business with James Wedmore.
1: It's like a really great podcast, especially if you're a course creator. It's which I am not, but maybe someday, but I think it's a great, great resource. I always have Abraham Hicks on my bedside. Asking is Given. That's a great book. And then I am just like personal development junkie, but so the books that I'm reading, like right now I'm reading a book called Divergent Mind. It's all about how highly sensitive people are 20% of the population apparently Mm -hmm. and how you can use these gifts that you have to interact with a world that's not really designed for you. Right. And then also Buddhist meditation is a big thing that I'm interested in. Oh, cool. I've read a couple books. So right now I'm reading a book called Joyful Wisdom by Yonggi Minger, a Tibetan monk. And then I've also read a book that's a little crazy. <laughs> like when you're reading it, it took me about 75% of the way to read it to like actually get the point. <laughs> but I read a book called Dropping Ashes on the Buddha. And that was like Totally just made all of Zen meditation make sense to me. Wow. Because just the way that they approach, not labeling things as good or bad, or knowing the impermanence of everything, has mm-hmm. helped me to like navigate my life in a way that doesn't have the emotional roller coaster it used to.
0: Could you give us a little anecdote of a time when you trusted in the universe? whether that involved getting out of your own way or changing your perspective and that the outcome was very clear to you that like, wow, that was manifestation in action. Can you share with us about that? Yes, I was thinking about this
1: and I have a very recent example of this. So I just recently took this course all about manifesting money, specifically money. And that's a big topic for a lot of people. You know, there's a lot of like resistance and blocks about it. And yeah, for me, a big thing has always been, I want to make this kind of money from my business. I want to mm-hmm. make this kind of money per month from my business. And I kept setting these revenue goals and I would never meet them. And I was like, okay. what is going on? This doesn't make any sense. Like I'm doing all the things. I don't have resistance about this. hmm But then it got pointed out to me that I am putting a chokehold on the universe about where my money comes from. Yep. And in this course I took, a big part of it is understanding, you know, your money coming in and out and keeping track of all these things. And so the woman suggested I sign up for Mint, which is this, you know, Intuit thing. It's like a budgeting thing. And so I did and I've inputted all of my information. I've inputted all of my husband's information and they have a thing where you track your net worth. Yep. I've like looked at the thing and I was like, Oh my God, I'm meeting my revenue goals. These goals uh-huh. that I'm setting for myself are through my assets, my husband and my right. business are happening. Right. So it was like, I am manifesting this stuff. I just, You need to stop worrying about where it's coming from.
0: Yeah, okay. I needed to hear that today. Well, for some of us overachievers, right? It's like we get so caught in the weeds scrutinizing all the details that we forget to take a step back and look at the holistic picture. The lesson you need to learn is like back off and leave the universe some space to do its work. Because if I'm going to say, I need 75 cents to come through this particular revenue stream today. Like that's not going to happen. But if I sit back and look at the big picture, it might be coming in somewhere else and I'm just not aware of it. Exactly. And
1: I think having that attitude sets you up, like maybe there's something better out there for you. Maybe there's a better revenue stream. You just never know. I think like as entrepreneurs, we
0: like control freaks ultimately. (laughs) Thank you for calling. Thank you for calling a spade, a spade. I just love that I can be honest with you. Yeah, I love that. I mean, I'm a huge control freak, so this has been a healing
1: journey for me to like let go of that. I mean, it's still it's an ongoing thing. I still find myself getting all like worked up about numbers and where things are coming from, and blah, blah blah. And I also think that one thing you have to be very careful of is the reason for me personally, where I was like wanting the money to come from this business. Was that it? Mm -hmm. I was making too much out of it because it was gonna legitimize me as a business owner, legitimize Uh these choices that I've made to like start these businesses and to to quit my day job and go out on a limb. And so, like, when you attach that kind of meaning to an outcome, that is like the antithesis of manifestation. Like, the universe doesn't like that because it gives this like needy energy. You have to just disconnect from the outcome.
0: And I also just really appreciate that. I'm a yoga teacher, you read tarot, you have a line of goddess candles coming. And I just really like that we are able to be honest and add our voices to the conversation because I think when people think of women in wellness or women spiritual teachers, there's this misrepresented archetype of a woman in a desert oasis on a cushion, meditating for like 14 hours a day. I just want to show that there is even within the wellness and spirituality industry, there's a full spectrum of human personality represented in that. So you'll get your control freaks and your list makers and your business-minded people and everything. So, whoo, I'm glad I'm not the only one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no,
1: the control freak, I, yeah, it's, they're, they're all over the place. I think back in 2016, I was just having a lot of self-doubt about what I, the choices I'd made and whether I would have this business and it wasn't going that well. And I remember I was making custom wedding gowns and the one I had been like the most proud of that year, I found out that the girl hadn't worn it. (laughs) And I was like (sighs) so devastated by this. And a good friend of mine was like, Sarah, you're doing so great. Like if you can't shine, then like, what are the rest of us going to do? And then literally I go to yoga that night there was a teacher there. She said this quote that exact same day. And it was this Marianne Williamson quote, you know, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It's our light, not our darkness, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, this is for me. She's saying this yeah. to me, like it felt that way. And I was like, you know, you have been put on this earth to inspire others. And that can sound like, yeah, I'm full of myself, which I'm not. But I think it's like, we all have this light. We all are inspiring other people, whether we are a coach or if we're just living our lives in a way that's authentic to ourselves. So I think for me, that was like a huge moment of aha, of like, A, stopping so hard on yourself. (laughs) This is a journey, not a destination. And B, you just being in the world is helpful for other people who are also going through the same stuff. Well, and every time you up level, it's like, you're climbing up to a new level and you need to get used to the weather up there. And sometimes you can't handle it. And then you take a couple steps back, but you know what that feels like and you can always get to that point again.
0: Right. And thank you for mentioning that it's okay to take a couple steps back because you can return to that point again. I don't always believe that I suffer from a lot of FOMO. So, you know, that fear of missing out, like, oh, if I don't take this opportunity today, it'll never come around again. Mm -hmm. So I know that sometimes people feel pressured into doing things. So I think we just need more people like you out there sharing that message. You can get a second chance or when the timing is right, or there will be times when you ascend to the new elevation to test out the weather and dip your toe in.
1: And talking about FOMO. So this is one of my favorite (laughs) subjects, actually. I love talking about FOMO. This wasn't even on the list let's do it. This is even better. Yeah. FOMO is a hundred percent driven by your ego. Yeah. 100%. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. And so anything that's like, how do you know if something's motivated by your ego or motive? Like it's actually like your higher self telling you should do it. Mm. First of all, it's like your, your higher self won't say should. Right. <laughs> your higher okay, so self will say do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and your higher self doesn't have the sense of urgency. I don't know. So this is me. So when I go to a restaurant and there's like a lot of choices that can stress me out quite a bit. (laughs) And if I feel pressure to make a decision right away, I will usually like make some weird decision. That's totally like my ego. You need to hurry up and do this right now. Yep.
0: I know what you mean. Okay. I've done that. Yeah. (laughs) But I feel like Especially
1: having learned a little bit about human design. Like for me, I'm a manifesting generator. So I have to tap into sacral energy. That's my authority. So this is another thing for the listeners to look up. That's super fascinating. So
0: are we talking about like tapping into the second chakra here? The sacral energy?
1: Yes, this is second chakra energy. And I think I did your chart and you're a generator. So you're the same. So you have to really tap into your sacral. So generators and man
0: gens are 75% of the population. I just have to pause you there for one second. Yeah. I am so grateful to the universe right now that I have a friend in my life that comes to me ahead of time and says, so I did your chart and, and here's what I found out for you. You know, I love this stuff. So I appreciate that. So
1: 73% of the population are generators or manifesting generators. And some of those people have emotional authority, which is a whole other thing. But if you have sacral authority, it means that you need to tap into your like gut reaction. And mm-hmm. it's usually a uh-huh or a uh uh-uh. Okay. And so when an opportunity comes up, FOMO is like, oh, you gotta take this because we yeah. don't know what's coming around the corner. Yeah. But it's like the real question that you should be asking yourself is like, does this light me up? Yeah. Is this like what I wanna be doing? And the only way to know that is your body. Okay. Is like your gut reaction. And you can train yourself to like listen to it more. Yeah. Like on stupid stuff, like like ordering off of a menu with a bunch of stuff.
0: <laughs> it's so funny, though. Like we sit around in our daily practices every day, like, oh, I'm going to meditate here. I'm going to do breath work here. I'm going to journal here. I'm going to visualize here. But I still can't order off a menu. Yeah, <laughs> I'll keep you posted. I'll let you know how that goes. Sadly, irrelevant at this point because there's you know hardly anywhere to eat. So I guess yeah. struggling to choose from the takeout menu. Sarah, one of the questions I wanted to make sure we got to today and just sort of the range of our conversation has started to touch on it. I want to talk about the different sort of philosophical frameworks. I call them frameworks to spirituality, modalities, styles, schools of thought, whatever you want to call it. What kind of advice can you give to someone who has serendipitously tuned into this conversation? You know, and in one minute we're talking about tarot, the next minute we're talking about Zen Buddhism, the next minute we're talking about chakras and enneagrams. I don't know. Can you help to give some guidance there if if someone is experiencing overwhelm? What would you say about all the frameworks?
1: Yeah, I would say, first of all, there's no right framework. So let yourself have the grace to know that there is no right or wrong here. Even if you bring in religion into this, like that's in and of itself a different framework. And then there's all the different flavors of that that go into this. But we're all essentially talking about consciousness and universal forces. So whether you call that God, angels, the universe, the stars in astrology, these are universal forces that you can tap into. So I think understanding and accepting that at the core of all of this is key. And then just trying on different things to see what resonates with you, because not everything is going to resonate with you. And that's okay everything is okay. Like for me, I like to just taste a lot of different things and dip my toe in and see what resonates and what sticks. And for me, it's been a lot of stuff and like learning about astrology and tarot. And now I'm, you know, learning about human design and that whole journey. I think that we get in this feeling like, okay, so we're on this healing journey and there's going to be a point when we're healed. And that's just not true. (laughs) I mean... (laughs) I definitely think that you get a point where you are much healthier. You have the Mm -hmm. tools Mm
0: -hmm. to deal with
1: the daily crap that comes up in Mm -hmm. your life
0: a lot Mm -hmm. better than you
1: did. But it's like at every stage of your life, something new is going to come to the surface. And as human beings, like we live such a rich existence with so many different life events that come up and challenges. And I believe ultimately what we were sent here to do as human beings is to raise the consciousness and to have all these experiences and to really thrive and enjoy life. So I think that it is overwhelming, but just pick one because you have your entire life to learn about this stuff. It's not going away.
0: I really appreciate that idea that you can try a little bit of everything. No surprise. I've always picked up a new modality and tried to learn it to the extreme, to like very deep esoteric lengths. And I mean, I enjoy this stuff, obviously, but each journey, just as you said, just always leads me to the same outcome. As you said, building your toolbox and learning how to manage the daily crap, but how to learn that in order to maintain that equilibrium so that we are open and receptive to leaving space for joy and enjoyment of our conscious experience. Yes, absolutely. Sarah, before we wrap up our conversation here this afternoon, I want to give everyone listening an idea of how do you apply your spiritual mindsets to the realities of human living? So you're a small business owner. So how does your spiritual practice provide the scaffolding and guidance for your daily business operations and decisions?
1: Well, I think that it makes me a more calm person for sure. (laughs) because I was not always this way. I think it's like the meditation, the astrology, the tarot, they all allow you a chance to check in with yourself. And I think that if you continually check in with yourself as a business owner, you know, I'm a wife, I'm doing all these things. Spirituality has only made my business and my relationships better because I come from this more grounded place and because i'm continually checking in with myself and being like wow that's an interesting emotion let me feel through that let me identify what might be the underlying cause of that let me journal on that let me see if there's anything i need to any cords i need to cut or like any releasing that i need to do on that so i think it's like self awareness is number 1 and i think all these spiritual tools facilitate self-awareness in a way that a lot of people especially in western society don't have and secondly I think it gives you a toolkit for self-healing and healing yourself on a daily basis and once you get into a groove with that you can operate from this higher perspective where of course stuff still happens I still have to put out fires on a daily basis and sometimes that means I sit and cry like yesterday, literally, I got some packaging back from my candles and it was wrong. And Mm. I was so upset. And I was like, what do I need to do in this? And I'm like, I need to sit on my couch and cry right now because I'm so (laughs) overwhelmed. So I still do that. But you know what? I I understand that that's what my body needed to do at the time. So emotions, you need to feel through them. You need to understand kind of what's going on. Like, they're your friend. They're your emotional guidance system. Yeah. They're letting you know what's going on under the surface. And and that allows you to, like, operate from a much cooler head and a, a more present place.
0: Right. I might add that to my daily to-do list as small business owner. I need to cry way more. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, really no. do.
1: I think everyone needs to have a good cry.
0: Yeah, our <laughs> upbringing. And as you mentioned, like, the Western mindset, I mean, it has really been coached out of us. You know, maybe as women maybe we had a little more wiggle room than the men in our culture, but still, yeah, I'm going to add that to my business lady checklist. Cry every and now and totally then come come
1: full <laughs> circle to what we were talking about at the beginning with this like leaning into that masculine energy as a crutch.
0: Oh, we could not have planned this better. <laughs> that was just like a really nice bow on the end of our conversation. Oh my goodness. So let's do it. So let's go through our rapid fire questions and we'll be done. Okay, let's do it. Sarah, what are you most grateful for?
1: Well, I'm most grateful to be alive, but I think I'm most grateful for the knowledge and love of the divine guidance of God, creator, whatever you want to call it, the universe.
0: Where do you want to travel next?
1: Ooh, so this isn't rapid fire, but... (laughs) I feel called now at this point in my spiritual journey to do plant medicine. So this is my thing that I want to do in 2021 is go experience Mother Aya. Wow.
0: Keep me posted. Okay. Oh, wow. That's really excited. People think I am blank, but I'm actually blank.
1: I think people when they first meet me are a little intimidated or they think I'm serious, but I'm really warm and I like to joke around.
0: Yeah. Tell me about your perfect day. Ooh,
1: I don't like structure. So, too many lists (laughs) actually stress me out. I think eating healthy, moving my body, Uh using my mind, and learning something new.
0: That's awesome. That sounds awesome. Success is.
1: (laughs) Success is basically what I just said. I think success is being able to do what you want and not be confined by time or money. Yep.
0: I think you've mentioned that to me before. I love that. (laughs) What's the best piece of advice you ever got?
1: Ooh, the best piece of advice I ever got. I think people are not thinking about you as much as you're thinking about what they think of you. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) That reminds me when they say, what other people think of me is none of my business. Exactly, yes. Are you more likely to write a book or write your own documentary screenplay?
1: Both, but I have on my, you know, long-term to-do list to write a book. And hopefully I'll be able to do that. Well, no, I will do it at some point. Yeah. uh, Who
0: knows when, but it'll
1: happen. Right.
0: Got it. Okay. Well, I want to be the first one to read your book. I want to be the first one to take your course. Sign me up. All right. I will close us out. This has been a Tune and Align podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune into our conversations. And more importantly, thank you for taking the time to tune into the power of your own dream. We'd love to hear your questions and engage with you over on our socials. Follow Attune and Align and post your questions for Sarah in our feed. Tag us whenever you're taking action to attune to your heart and align your life using our hashtag #AttuneAndAlign. We can't wait to see what your heart will ask you to do next. My name is Marissa Lavalette. And from the bottom of my heart, thank you for taking this time to get clear on the things you want to manifest in the life of your dreams. A woman living a life that aligns with her soul creates a powerful ripple effect in her relationships and in her communities. When you live your best life and share your unique gifts, you give permission for others to begin to do the same. Now go shine your light. Namaste.